Welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Gavin. I'm Kate. And here we are with uh, episode 52. 52, right. Okay. I was looking at the stats. We've actually been at this for three years now. I know. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, three years. We're up and running around, but we're nappies. Yep. (laughs) You would think we should be better at it by now, but uh, apparently not. Yep. So here we are. After, what, a bit more than a, a month since we got back from the World Championships yes. in Budapest, mm-hmm. we thought it was about time to, to round up all the team's action and have a, a quick look back on our, our highlights for the season. Uh, but before we get to all the all the actual action, thanks as always to our lovely sponsors, Lee and Paul. Thanks, guys, you rock. You certainly do. And uh, to our equally lovely, mm-hmm. we've now decided, yeah. uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, if you want to join them, you'd be, well... You'd be even more lovely than you are now. Mm-hmm. For the price of a cup of coffee or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's a bargain and mm-hmm. it uh, helps to keep us doing what we do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Kate. Yes. Lovely to see you. Hello. Because really we hardly Sorry. saw you at all when we were in Budapest. I know. I mean, you were too busy hanging out with the cool kids, obviously. I know, doing that fencing thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So since the schools here in, in Scotland are, are going back now, mm-hmm. we have the traditional returning to school task of, uh, Kate, tell us about your summer holidays. Tell us about the uni- World University Games and uh, and your first world senior world championships. I will. So the university ad, it said it was in Naples, but we were actually fencing in Salerno, so just outside Naples. Okay. And it was really good. It was really cool. We had the the opening ceremony in Naples, so massive stadium filled with thousands of people, and then did the proper procession in with the screens and the music and. People cheering, which was kind of cool. Even though we were, it took forever. We were meant to be in and gone by about half ten. We mm. weren't even into the stadium, and you know we hadn't eaten very long. I was getting hungry. Everyone else was getting excited. I was like, I just want to go home now. I just want to go home. <laughs> and then we get to the stadium. I'm like, woohoo! This is great fun. But I couldn't fault it. It was great. Did they uh, televise it in that case? If they put on that much of an effort, they did. But they did it only through the FISU or something web net. Something magic, oh, right, okay. some sort of streaming service, mm-hmm. but it was free to I think free to get onto it and watch okay. it. But yeah, yeah, because I mean the university ad or World University Games are, I mean they're a big deal. They're you know the huge event, but mm-hmm. they, they don't actually really certainly in the, in the UK get a whole load of coverage. No, I didn't think anything. I didn't really know much about it until I got selected and started looking it up and thinking, oh well, it's actually mm-hmm. it's kind of a big thing. Mm-hmm. So before I was just sort of thinking it was just a normal sort of international competition, mm-hmm. midly kind of not big prestige as it does. Yeah. Actually has. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And your your experience of the your first senior worlds at the World Championships? Uh that was good. I was a bit nervous going into it. Um but it is kind of cool seeing because I've seen Europeans, you see other Europeans European champs, you think you kind of got the idea of it and then you get to World Championships. Mm. And it is a completely other level. And I made it out of the pools, which I was happy with. I sort of didn't want to put myself too high or too low, but made it out of there. Put, uh, drew one of the top Ukrainians and kind of went out. Mm. Got a 15-4, so not great, but if I feel I can get, if start, I can, yeah. yeah, sort of motivate me for the next season kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, next stop, Tokyo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe a little early. Maybe a little early. Paris. Paris, Paris. next, isn't it? Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Cheaper as well. Yeah, closer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So, well, let's turn our attention to all the team stuff that we've. Uh, well, you were you were there mm. taking part in some of it, and uh, 
and watching some of it. I was there for, for bits and pieces of it. And Gav, you, you'd cleared off home. So you've had to do all your, all your catching up on, on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So where shall we start? Well, Kate, tell us about the Women's Sabre. Women's Sabre. Um, it was won by the magnificent Hulk Carlan. Oh, no, no, teams. Oh, teams. teams. Oh. Mm. Sorry, Sorry we, we did all the I inter- got too excited. I just wanted to say Olga Carlan. <laughs> it was good. But we 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 covered all the individual stuff while you were actually busy fencing. Sorry, whatever. So we're just just on the teams this time. Teams. Yes. Won by Russia. France, second. Korea, third. Italy, fourth. And it was a interesting couple of... The first day I was there watching it, the sort of... What would it have been? 32s, 16s, almost sort of thing. Can't remember. Split over two days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was the, the 16s were the, 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 the first day of the teams, they get down to the last eight and then the last eight and yeah. the matches. It all just moulded into one day, the whole championships for me, really. <laughs> I don't really know. What. Welcome to World Championship time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. World, cha- world Championships fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't surprised by Russia winning, actually. They're pretty dominating and yet in your 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 confident gone. predictions before we before we went out to budapest with are oh, you said france yeah i did say france, <laughs> i'll not bring that up I? because i because i picked russia i mean we'll get to the whole um who made the best predictions a little later but i, I think you can probably guess where i'm going with this mm. <laughs> uh, right then um uh, I, I mean i did watch this this final and um the star of the Russian team really was uh their sort of least heralded member in olga nikitina yeah putting a a really strong shift in the final against France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Poznikova didn't, as far as I could see, barely fenced at all, um, which is a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, I mean, she had a properly, properly disastrous individuals, but uh, mm-hmm. still ranked comfortably ahead of uh, Nikitina going in. But uh, Yeah, I think both of the Russian and French team individually didn't have the greatest days. Mm-hmm. So I think when it came to the team event, they really had to pull their socks up and get to it. But I think they're both really strong teams. Hungary, I was think most impressed by actually watching mm-hmm. them come through, especially against in the early sort of stages against Poland. Poland had them in the bag and then put side just pulled out a I think it was a thirteen two win against oh, the right. last one. <laughs> out of nowhere. And that's the sort of uh, team leg that you're gonna live with for if you're the you, you're on the receiving if, if you're the Polish fencer on the receiving end of that, yeah. Yeah. If, uh, your teammates, teammates went, carried you virtually to the finish line, uh, only for you to keel over. Exactly. And yeah. your team are not gonna let you forget that either, I don't think. Uh, it depends how how close your team <laughs> well, is. That's true. They may never say it out loud, but you yeah. know what they're thinking. Exactly. Yeah. Wake up with your fencing mask in bed beside you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Strong, strong performance from the Russians. Um, I mean, I, I did pick them beforehand, but um, I wasn't actually expecting uh, Nikita to be o- almost the star of the show in a Russian team. I thought they, uh, that Poznikova and uh, Agorian and pronounce our lead Russian's surname. Velikia. Velikia, thank you. I'll get it eventually. Uh, I still see Velikia, yeah. I know. I know it's habit. <laughs> it is, yeah, exactly. Velikia. I thought Velikia. I thought those would be the starting three and I thought that was a stronger team and when I saw uh, Nikitina doing a bit, I was a little surprised by that. But I think a, she's a done, call. she's that sort of uh, unorthodox wild card kind of fence. If mm-hmm. you look at how Poznikova, Igorian and Velikia fence, not that they're a similar style, but you can kind of assume what they're going to do in a way. They're sort of classically... Right. Russian fences, but Nikitina is just 
just wild card doesn't do things that you expect even the way she stands on guard is more like an Italian than it is the way the other Russians fence Mm -hmm. and because she's so small and wiry she just run up and down the piece with them Mm. so good win good win for Russia I'm happy even if nobody else is (laughs) (laughs) of course so it just came before we move on so are you saying then that the fifth place for the sorry the sixth place for the Hungarian sorry fifth place for the Hungarian team is that a good or a bad result for them then? Um, I mean, they had a better result in Europeans, mm-hmm. but you do have your stronger teams here. Mm. Could they have done better? I think they're still quite a young team. Right. Um, and they've had some up and down kind of results over the season, I think. Uh, I think, I don't know, if I was fifth place, I'd be, I'd be pleased with it, but that's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> If you look at the other teams that are in the top four and then to come fifth after them, it's still a pretty strong team. I mean, China's eighth. Uh, Mm -hmm. They had some great results. Yeah, certainly two very strong fencers now, both Mm -hmm. in the the top ten. Yeah, not quite carrying it through to team performances just yet, but you suspect Mm -hmm. with the the way that their top two have kind of burst onto the scene in the last year or so, there's probably a third one not too far away. Yeah. Okay, so on to on to a bit of men's foil. Uh, I went back to the back to the venue for this one, and uh, well, I'll keep it short. USA won uh, first time that a USA men's foil team has won won the team world championships. Mm-hmm. So a bit of history in the making there. The, this kind of surprising stuff happened a little bit earlier on with um, France beating Italy in the, the semi final. Probably not the result that you would have expected, but it was it was a comfortable win, forty five thirty two. And uh, star of the show in that one was not our our usual no. French stalwart uh, of Erwan Lepeshu, but um, new new team superstar for France, uh, Maxime Poti, who absolutely battered the Italians. Finished finished the match with a plus twelve indicator. He beat he beat Fukuni, I think it was nine three. Uh, <laughs> beat Casara in. I think the seventh leg, five nothing to you know to really stretch out a big lead. So they you know they win by thirteen points, and twelve of those have been contributed by Mister Putti. He was absolutely immense against Italy. Was he fencing that same sort of stressful, crazy way that he fenced last time? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all pretty manic, uh, yeah. and when it comes off, it produces a lot of a lot of hits in a hurry mm. and uh, thoroughly unsettled the Italians and uh, gave gave France the win. USA were pretty pretty ruthless both in their, their semi-final against Russia, beat them 45-30 mm-hmm. and uh, disposed of France. We're kind of always in control of things, really, in the final yeah, yeah. Uh, with a, another 45-32. And uh, the interesting thing there was that Nick Itkin, who had fenced in the individual event, uh, was replaced by Miles Chanley Watson for the team. I'd like to know what's going on there. Well, it's a team that's been the team since 2011. Uh, they've had an awful lot of success Nick Hitkins had had a very big season, forced his way into the team for the individual. But my understanding is that when it comes to actually picking the team for the team event, that's uh, the the fourth place for that is entirely down to the team coach. And Greg Massialis has decided he's going to stick with a, a familiar and very successful formula mm-hmm. with the uh, with the inclusion of Miles. So with Miles going down the ranking, Nick going up the ranking. Yeah, indeed. We've just had a successful championships with the USA team, mm-hmm. and I get where Greg where Greg's going with this. It makes Logical, makes perfect sense, yep. right? But the Olympics are coming up. Mm-hmm. Can he do that again? I suspect not. Um, the US 
a process for picking their Olympic teams, I think is pretty cut and dried. It's not entirely based on the world rankings, as we know from yep. last time out when it only sort of became apparent towards the end of a qualification that mm-hmm. Race and Bowden, despite being fifth or sixth in the world at the time, wasn't going to fence in the individual uh, in Rio. And I suspect that it'll be far more cut and dried and far less in the way of discretion involved in picking the team for Tokyo, <clears throat> in which case Miles probably needs to to get some big results pretty early. Cause, He's going to uh, have to play his one-year card, mega win, mega well times win. Might have to do it more than once because Nick Itkin's now comfortably up into the top 10 mm-hmm. in the individual rankings, whereas Miles is down in 30-something. Oh, he's so got to bat he's, his he's got great to make up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was that was the men's football team. Thoroughly enjoyable, well deserved, and perhaps slightly overdue win for for USA. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Should we do men's epi then? No, go on then. Yeah. Okay. How do we want to do this? Because there's lots of things to talk about in this. Should we just start off with first of tell all? Us, with, with tell the, us what's interesting. Well, should we? Oh, the entire epi scene has came alive at a black card. And we've all been laughing our heads off because it's so, so beautiful to absolutely destroy another team without actually doing anything about it, without actually <laughs> making any effort to do so. It's what we like. Like, I keep saying something. Talk, like, talk us through it, Gab, because it, it does require a bit of explanation. Uh, I was actually there for this and I was uh, standing with our, our Australian friend, uh, Dave Baker, mm-hmm. um, waiting for, for some food. And we'd kind of heard about this, but hadn't actually seen yep. it and got all the detail um, when the Israeli coach... I was there uh, too, came to, Oh, yeah, were you saw that? I right. was there. I was having a hot dog with you guys Oh, of course, time. yes. Right, yeah. Was <laughs> so the, I was there too and heard the whole story. It was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so Israeli coach with a, with a big, big smile on his face. So let's set the scene. It's uh, Israel, which is a good team, up against Japan, which is on, the pa- on paper an excellent team. We are midway through, uh, do you know what, I can't actually remember the exact leg. I think it was the seventh leg. Seventh leg, I think is right. Yeah, yeah. and the, the Japanese have subbed on one of their one of their regulars, Uyama, and the Israelis have held back on the, their substitute at this point. So we're using the new unwilling defence rules. We get, to, uh, we get to a point where the Israelis were a couple of points shy. They equalise against Japan, and then... The, the, everything just suddenly seems to go a bit quiet. Neither side wants to actually fence it out. Now, you have to understand that we're at a point here where the losing side of this thing is going to get a famous pea black and get hit the showers. Mm-hmm. The Japanese, are the highest seeds, are quite happy to let the clock run down. So they really just let it go. And then the minute clock goes down, the Japanese start to celebrate, and they really step forward and go, Mm-mm-mm, we're the winners. Now, why is that, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it sounds like a trick question, and to some yeah. degree, it is. <laughs> Please tell me why. But they, they subbed on Uyama. If you use your sub, um, then it's oh. you that gets the card, not the other team. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what happened. Yeah, basically, what happens is the the, the the fencer that's on <laughs> when the when the P black gets issued yeah. is uh, excluded, but mm-hmm. you can then sub in. A replacement yep. if you still have a substitute, which the Japanese didn't. D- didn't. Mm. Now, the interesting so. thing here is that the Israeli coach had actually checked up on that to make sure he was in the right mm-hmm. before the match started because <laughs> he knew it was going to be a battle to, to beat the Japanese. Mm-hmm. So if this situation came up, and it's a little bit hard to manage that one, um, then he was going to go for it. And he told his team, he told his, the, the fencer before he went on, this is what he's going to have to do if he equalised the score because they were going to win if they did it. 
And the Israeli is the Israeli fence turned around to him. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, no, I'd, I have, to double, I'd have to double check. Yeah, um, turned around and said, "If you're wrong, I'm taking you into the car park and I'm going to beat you up." <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, we thoroughly enjoy this in the in epi circles. No one no one had to make an attack. There was none of that kind of excitement nonsense going on. We managed to find an obscure clause in the rules and we managed to find use it the to, loophole. That's what you want to do. Mm. It's even better than a spreadsheet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a thoroughly Epi way to win a match. It's, oh, it's brilliant. It's the casual cruelty of it. Just standing <laughs> going, actually, no, I think you find we win. Yeah. I mean, the thing was, I wandered through the through the training hall um, a little bit later and the Japanese were team team were still sitting in a circle, just kind of looking glum. Yeah. Like they couldn't quite believe yeah. that they, they'd fallen for this. And uh, I mean, they just looked devastated, yeah. understandably. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, somebody asked, uh, was it Benny Stefan? What was going to go down? Somebody approached him and said, oh, you know, so this is the situation. What's going to happen? And Benny Stephan said, well, the team didn't put the substitute on. They're going to win, right? <laughs> oh, dear. So everyone knew, apart Except from Japanese. Japanese. Oh, <laughs> worse. That is doubly cruel. And, that, and that's, that's how it works in Epiland. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know the rules, someone else will. Yeah. Anyway, that made me <laughs> laugh. I'm still laughing about it when I think about it. Right, so tell us about some actual fencing then, Gav. Please. Actual fencing. Okay, all right. Uh, so the actual results were uh, in, f- in fourth place we have uh, China in third place we've got Switzerland it's a bit of a surprise this one uh, second place is Ukraine and uh, our winners are France well picked mm-hmm. well picked get in there as they say <laughs> um, I mean I mean, in the in the semi-finals uh, France absolutely battered uh, Switzerland 45-27 and uh, Ukraine ground out a uh, an unsurprising win against China, uh, 38-24. Yeah. Thrill a minute, that one. I mean, neither of them particularly close, which I was a little a little surprised at. Certainly the yeah. um, Switzerland being on the receiving end of such a heavy beating was a, mm-hmm. a real surprise to me. Yeah, I mean, if the in the third, fourth playoff, the, the actually obviously kind of learned their lesson and, uh, and they went out to win it against, uh, against China. It's quite an interesting match if you watch it. Because Heinzer can't score a point at one point. We got good Heinzer, like mm-hmm. the one we like. Yeah. And he still can't score a point. Uh and so Benny Stefan, who's your sort of uh, solid person who's gonna be picking up whatever whatever carnage been left behind by Heinzer, has to now do the Heinzer. And that's exactly what he does. I think it's in the fifth or sixth leg, and he goes out and he absolutely destroys I think it's Dong of uh, China, something like nine two or something like that. Absolutely. Right. Muller's the guy. Yeah. Not, and, he goes, uh, and that guy goes off to be looking like he's about in, he's in tears, basically. Because he wasn't expecting that. No, it's not It's not the Benny Stefan that, certainly in team events that we've come, no, no. To, come to expect. Not, no, no. not his usual role at all. Yeah. Anyway, uh, on to the final. So it's like, it starts off, it's kind of like an, an all-star match. You've got McKishin versus Burrell in the first one. And this kind of sets the scene for how things are going to go. Um, McKishin just can't handle Burrell. Burrell's just being Burrell. Hmm. He's just going to muller you if you even so much as blink. And then from then on, it's uh, it's basically uh, France most of the way. I mean, Ukraine managed to take the, the lead in the middle, uh, but it's only like a point or two. Right. Uh, nothing, nothing exciting there. Um, but they keep they keep ahead into the sixth, into the eighth period. Uh, it's Giron versus uh, Nikishin. Now Giron, all the way through this match, has looked tentative and and basically everybody's reading him because he he's a counter time kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nikishin just goes out and gets an absolute thumping off him. All right, okay. Uh, 
his individual results haven't been great recently. He's not actually even he, been in the team. Has he had an injury or something? He, I'm not sure missing? about the injury, but he's basically been off for a year. All right. Okay. And rumour has it that he turned up at the World Championships without, without any epis. <laughs> that seems a little careless. Yeah. I can't remember when I read the rumour. I read the rumour somewhere that the, the French armourer was cursing him because he turned up, he basically turned up with a small bag with his kit in it and no, no epis. And the armourer had to go away and basically buy bits and bobs from people. He didn't have enough cash on hand to buy enough epis to do the tournament. So he had to go and find bits and bobs from people and make up some epis for him. <laughs> that's the rumour, right? And I don't know if that's true. <laughs> well, I'd love to believe that that was true. Yeah. It's tremendous. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, so it was actually quite... It's, that, I mean, that particular leg is actually quite interesting. Go watch it. There's all kinds of interesting stuff happening. The two fences are fencing at 45 degree angles. Right, okay. So they both take opposite sides of the... Mm-hmm. The piece and, tra- and basically in the kitchen's opening up one side and Giron's opening up the other one and it's it's really interesting. I'd actually watch that. And then in the final leg, um, so it's thirty five all. Uh, Brel comes out against Hare, who's the usual Ukrainian finisher, mm-hmm. solid solid fencer, really quick. And then Brel Muller's him ten two. He right. just starts hitting him and hitting him and hitting him like Burrell does. Yeah. Oh, you know, once you get that, he- once he gets you that head of steam up, you just can't stop him. And I think it's something like six one. And, and uh, Harry just looks defeated. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. just standing there being like, ready fence, poof, been hit again. Uh, ready yeah. fence, been hit again. Anyway, it finishes 10-2. So it was a sort of commanding final from uh, from the French. Yeah. And good to see um, Burrell back on he looked top, himself. top form. Yeah. I mean, he looked yeah, pretty he good. Times, uh, yeah. this season he's looked... Patchy. Patchy. Patchy being kind. Yeah. Terrible at times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, 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 in the individuals... He he looked good until you know until he went out. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was back on, back to himself, but yeah, maybe he not quite there. Yeah. Not quite there. And then and the te- and certainly what I saw him in the teams, he was looking much more like the brilliant that we know. Yeah. So anyway, it was good. Okay, onwards. Onwards. Let's do the next the next one. Okay, bit of women's foil. Okay, this was exciting. This was a no. It was. Don't look at me like <laughs> that again. <laughs> no, it was honestly. Remember what I was saying about being a convert, to unwillingness, unwilling to fence in teams. This wasn't bad. This wasn't okay. bad. Go for it. Um, cut to the semi-finals. Italy beat France 45-37. Closer to looking like a, an all-star Italian team now mm-hmm. with the return of uh, Di Francesca. France had been in great form at the start of the year. I think they won the first three World Cups and actually came into this still as the, the number one team in the world rankings. But um, a fairly comfortable win for Italy, uh, 45-37. Uh, Russia in the other semi-beat defending champions USA. Uh, 45-36, again, reasonably comfortable. USA slightly gone off the boil since they win last year's World Championships. Mm-hmm. And probably the two, the two expected finalists, yeah. um, I think it would be, be fair to say. Um, and absolute ding-dong battle in the final. Um, lead swapping hands pretty much all the way through it. Nobody, nobody managing to get any sort of a, a decent lead beyond a couple of hits. And comes down to the final leg, Italy go in with a, a two-hit lead, De Francesca to face up to, you know, Derek Lozova in the in the last leg. <laughs> and, and I can uh, see how this is going already. I haven't even started talking about it. Go on, tell well, me, Sean, what happened next? <laughs> well, no, I mean, more surprising than you would think. De Francesca does a, a decent job of of holding that that lead of a couple of hits for mm. most of the leg, and down to the last minute, or so she's still still a hit up. But Derek Lozova. Levels it with about 30 seconds left. Uh, Di Francesca manages to edge ahead, 41-40. Derek Lozova levels it at 41 apiece. We're down to the last 14 seconds or something like that. 
Di Francesca scores with a uh, tremendously dirty remise, makes the attack, ducks underneath the parry, mm. uh, ducks underneath the repost and hits with the remise um, down to 11 seconds left. You know, you're a hit up. Yep. Deragazova has no option but to, to go chase a bit. Lunges, hits off target, go back on, on guard. Um, Di Francesca said, oh, I'd like to change my foil. Meanwhile, the referee's away looking at the video and gives um, Di Francesca a second, a second yellow card. Oh my God. Uh, for, for covering with her mask. So it levels with six and a half seconds on a red card. Uh, and the Italian box particularly, I got absolutely mental at did, this uh, point. Did Pressa throw a chair? Um, he looked like he was going to burst, actually. Did he? He was, he was okay. so, so angry. Um, was anybody he, restraining Cherioni in the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't see Cherioni there. Um, you know, oh, that's disappointing. Uh, but certainly, uh, Pressa was, was looking outraged and had to be sort of calmed down a little by the, mm. uh, uh, by the assistant referee. Um, so we go into extra time and... Di Francesca looks to repeat the dose going for the attack remise, but this time uh, Dergozova hits with the repost for mm-hmm. a nice classical hit to finish it off with. So uh, <laughs> um, a 43-42 win mm-hmm. for for the Russians. Um, See, and Dergozova looking calm as usual. Oh, I've won. Okay, yeah, pretty much. I mean, she, she did look, she did look quite excited when they won. Okay. To be fair, but mm-hmm. up to that point, yeah, it hardly batted an eyelid yeah. amongst all the other excitement and mm-hmm. craziness that was going on. But of course, they went to win. That's, <laughs> yes. that's my Derek over impression. Oh, another one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is another result yes. for me to discard. Yes. Can I go on holiday now? Yeah. So yeah, a good win in a battle between the you know the two the two strongest teams mm-hmm. in the world at the moment. Italy, I still feel should be should be beating Russia. I mean, Derek Silva is, is uh, you know the the best women's foilist in the world, but the the rest of the Russian team should be more vulnerable to. A team as strong as, as Italy are, and the fact that the Italians couldn't couldn't press that advantage home when they had the chance um, ultimately cost them the match. Okay. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Italian superstars, not quite, not quite yet. But mm. well, let's see. Let's give it another year. Yeah. See, see how it goes. Come come Olympics time, I still think that Italy will be the the team to get it all together when it comes to the well. When the chips the, are down, the, the big prize. Yeah, when the chips are down, the Italians are good. Yeah, yeah they're always they're always there for it. So. Yep. So that was that was one for a properly exciting final. I would mm-hmm. highly recommend watching it, especially the last leg. Okay. We're gonna talk about women's epi now. Yes. Kate, uh, did you not see that you're uh, you're getting into the bit of women's epi? Yes, yeah, one point it was quite exciting actually. One point was quite exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember which one it was? I mean if there's only one it should be. It was the priority to... minute. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the tiebreaker at the end. That was Okay. That was a highlight for me. <laughs> we're, gonna have, we're gonna have a bit more of that in a minute, I think. Um, look, we'll just quickly go through this. Um, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time talking about the ins and outs of what happened before the final. We'll just get straight to the final. So the in the women in the women's epi, uh, Italy sorry Ukraine came fourth, uh, Italy came third, and then the final was uh, China versus Russia. So the semi final was China versus Italy, uh, convincing one from China, uh, 44-31. and then Russia was a close one against Ukraine. Now you'd expect this because Ukraine. Green team's pretty strong. Mm, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's quite exciting because I quite like Kravitska's a really good fencer and I'm really quite, find it quite exciting to watch now that I've spent more time watching her. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, Russia just eked that one out 42 to 40. So the final, I hate to say it isn't quite as exciting as, as that particular semi final. Let's just say the score ticks over. That's, just, <laughs> that's the theme for the, the, the final. 
Um, that's, that's, so, that's a pretty low bar for excitement. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, like, by the end of the second period, the Russians actually had a three-point lead and I was already saying it was all over. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, so, well. yeah, I mean, it was like a hit every sort of 30 seconds at that point. Um, but it was actually quite an exciting fourth leg uh, where the, the Chinese overturned it and it was now 10-9. And then at that point, the Chinese just basically started to sort of turn the screw and every single leg they were winning by essentially one point. Mm-hmm. But we're only talking like 2-1 or 3-2 or something like that. Yeah. You know, um, so there wasn't actually a hell of a lot to sort of talk about other than um, there's a brief sort of flourish from the, from the, uh, from the, from the Russians as they overturn China at one point. And then Leng comes on and actually wins something like 4-1, but it's clearly injured throughout it <laughs> and still beats their opponent 4-1. And then is immediately subbed off. And the Chinese coach basically turns around and says, right, Sun Yuen, former world champion, you're up. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so they, they, so they play the Sun Yuen card. And the same in that round, actually, as well. The Russians obviously had had enough of that particular fencer. And they uh, put the plate there, sub. As well, well they, su- they suffered a catastrophic four-one loss. Yeah. So that's, that's bound to be off. exactly in a, in a low-scoring match. That's a, yeah. That's a disaster. It is a disaster. Anyway, I'm just going to fast forward straight to the final leg because actually the final legs worth talking about. At this point, we go into the final, and the Chinese are up twenty-six twenty-one. It's been low-scoring, remember, all the way through, and we have Zuon versus Kolobova, and then uh, Kolobova counter times. The stuffing out of Zoo, basically. Right. Absolutely annihilates. It keeps inviting her in. Every time she tries to do anything, she blocks her out, picks her off. Typical Epi stuff. But it's like a masterclass in how you how you finish off an Epi match. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. And she levels it. Uh, and actually, it's at 28-28 with a few seconds left on the clock. It's 17 seconds. And they basically, both fences at that point have had enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so they back off and they just play for the priority minute for that last 17 seconds. And uh, we go into the last minute. The, to- the coin flop, the coin, the coin toss happens. The Russians have it. Mm-hmm. Kolobova looks delighted at this point uh, and thinks, I'll just stick to the plan then. But this time, Zoo just doesn't actually attack. So Kolobova invites her in. Zoo just holds back. And as Kolobova goes, Oh, uh, he- here's, here's my counter time. Oh, hang on, she didn't actually go. Uh, Zoo just picks her off instead. So it's right. a counter, counter time. Again, another example of excellent epi spreadsheet thinking. It's actually quite nice. It's actually a really lovely hit. It's actually really, really lovely. Intelligent tactical development. Exactly. Recognising exactly. the, the patterns in the fight. In, indeed. Uh, or check your spreadsheets. Check your spreadsheets. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, the Chinese are the winners. And sure, sure Mr. Obrey is going to be delighted with yeah, that one. You'll probably get a bonus. You'll probably get a bonus, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but really, Zulu looked pretty steely because honestly, when the when the coin flop was happening, coin flip was happening, she looked beaten. She mm-hmm. literally beaten. Yeah, I mean, she coughed up a fairly big lead at that point. Yeah, she'd just been annihilated 7-2. Yeah. And a low-scoring match like that is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and they'd only just avoided, the way that the, the score had been taken over, they'd only just avoided the pri- the P cards all the way through it, literally right, okay, like every yeah. minute. Hit every mm-hmm. 55 seconds or so. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of thing. It was, a, it, was a real, it was a real thing. But Zoo actually looked properly done in. Um, so the fact that she managed to pick herself up when they were figuring out who had the priority and just go, right, this is what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. was a... Uh, Impressive work from her. So yeah. hats off to the Chinese. Indeed. So that takes us to our final event of, uh, and it's the one with. Uh, well, it's quite quiet. Nothing really was, much happened. <laughs> There's quite a lot of drama in women's foil, but even yeah. more in the men's saber teams. Well, I laugh as much as I laugh at the Israel Japan match and the men's epi. Ooh, it depends how twisted your sense of humour is. Yeah, indeed. Kate, tell us about men's saber. 
Men Sabre. What should I start with? Should I work up to the drama or go straight into the deep end with the oh, drama? Oh, no, no. Let's work up. Let's set the scene. Okay, semi-finals. Korea, quite comfortably, I think, beat Germany. 45-22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pasting. Pretty much expecting it, kind of. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't think the Germans were expecting it, but Koreans <laughs> are pretty strong when it comes to the team event. I've seen the Koreans give pretty much a bit of a batter into the Germans a few very few times. Uh Hungarians beat Italians 45-38. Mm-hmm. Which brings us I'm skipping straight to it. Skipping us yeah, straight to the final Korea Hungary 45-44. I hear it was a snore fest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost nothing happened. Yeah, no one was really watching it, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, anyway. It was quiet. Yeah. It was quiet in the hall. Yeah. Uh yeah, packed, pretty packed of Hungarians. I think a fair few Hungarian officials from the Fencing Federation. Possibly, yeah. There yeah. just seemed to be mm-hmm. a fair bit of interest mm-hmm. in in this final. Yeah. I don't think there was a time when there wasn't any noise, apart from when they were fencing. Well, maybe even when they were fencing, there was yeah. noise. Yeah. And if the Koreans got a point, there was booing. If the Hungarians got a point, you thought there was an earthquake because of the shouting mm-hmm. and the vuvuzelas. Which I don't think should be allowed next World Championships, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention that. What was that event? And was the, the Vuvuzela was basically a year the entire time. Drove me mad. Uh, I'm not sure. They seemed to be... It was in the, one of the individual ones. It was just like, there's a guy with a Vuvuzela in year. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to distract you. <laughs> right. And, yeah. Full on. And I'm, I'm... Hats off to the Koreans for handling that crazy home crowd. Because I don't think... Mm. You wouldn't really think anyone could handle that if you weren't... Hungarian. Yeah, I mean, I was watching it on YouTube and it sounded noisy, but you don't really get the same feel from it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, as you do. Yeah, I'm, I, was still, I was still in Budapest at that point, but I wasn't at the venue. I was in a in a bar having dinner with my family and it was on the telly oh, and right. and the locals weren't watching it. They weren't watching it? They were. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, you know, it was interest everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the the guy at reception at my, my hotel, when I came Came down the the next morning and said, "Oh, did you see the fence?" Because he knew, you know, I'd been mm-hmm. I'd been along for the for the World Championships. And he said, "Oh, did you watch the fence last night? It was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, those Koreans are quite good, aren't they?" It like, yeah, it's just just interest everywhere, and it was amazing. Let's do it. Let's talk about all the good stuff. Come right. on, right? So, it. I can't remember what period it is. I think it's the it's Kim and Zalagi fencing mm-hmm. on the attack on the classic Korean hop attack goes for the flunge as he flunges or takes that big hop step mm-hmm. crossing of the feet something then the action mm-hmm. referee goes to the video comes back gives the yellow card to Kim mm-hmm. for crossing the feet and then that's when the discussion happens of what's going on and I think the the Hungarian Zalagi thinks because there's a yellow card cancels out the other points so mm-hmm. he would get the point. Yeah. But because it comes after the action, like you said, mm-hmm. Epis will know the rules. <laughs> Doesn't make me right. That <laughs> <laughs> there's an action and then there's the hit. So it doesn't happen. And then the drama happens. So yeah. I think, think uh, that what you will. That, that's just how my, my impression, just looking at it as someone who's kind of completely removed from Sabre World. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it and I think that the call from the ref was good. I thought, it, I mean, it, it seems reasonable. There's kind of logic behind it that. Yeah. Uh, the, there is a foot crossing. The referee calls Holt for that. Mm-hmm. Kim's already on his way. Um, he hits with his subsequent attack. Yeah. 
Sabagi looking for the parry post doesn't doesn't get a parry. Tack goes through. The referee said that the the fight stops for the when he calls hope for the the foot, foot crossing. Mm-hmm. So anything after that, Kim's hit would be would be annulled. Yeah, and Aaron hadn't started his parry posse because that, action, anything, that yes. action hadn't actually started yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was like, how is he going to get a point? A heat of the moment thing from Salagi. I think he'd even, even in the replay he'd be like, yeah, fair enough. Uh, maybe, maybe. You know. But anyway, the sort of aftermath. Oh yeah, sorry. Tell us more. No, no, no. That's it. Well, <laughs> well anyway, you roll. The, the actual, the actual sort of um, aside from the excitement of the of the actual fencing after the event. Uh, the Italian referee who made this call apparently was sent home. Mm-hmm. Um, not particularly, I don't think, by the FE, FIE, but by the local Hungarian organisers. Mm. Yeah. Which seems unbelievably harsh to me. Well, the, the, and Papatori is always sent home. And yes, the, the, the video ref is sent home yeah. as well. Yep. Yeah. Yes, it, uh, seems, it seems like a, it seems harsh. And, and it, from, we, we don't know the ins and outs of this, do we? No. Not really. But it doesn't look like the FI have backed up the refs either, which no, sets just, an incredibly bad precedent. Yep, mm-hmm. it seems yeah, it seems very poor and poorly yeah. handled, and it gives a uh, gives that a terrible message, I think, in terms mm-hmm. of how the the FIE support their their own officials. Because you know, can you imagine FIFA? I mean, for all the problems that FIFA have, FIFA will back the referee. Yep, mm-hmm. you know? yeah, in in pretty much every sport that I can think yeah. of. I'm just trying to think of somewhere where there's like that kind of level of referee disagreement. Like you know, where there could be a lot of pressure put on a referee as a result of a of a poor decision or a decision which people don't agree with. Football is the classic one, but FIFA would stand by their referee and say, "Well, that's the decision that was made. That's that's what happened." Yeah, pretty mm. much, you know, pretty much. I don't think there were any calls in the entire fight that I would have. I was sit- standing in a weird place to watch the final because yeah. it was packed with the mm. Hungarians, but I don't think there were any calls going. Oh my god, I can't believe he called that. That's crazy. You can't call that in a final. Mm-hmm. It was all pretty much. Fair enough. That seems all right. Mm-hmm. And if they went to the video, it was they'd make the correct decision off yeah. the video. So, yeah. yeah, it was bizarre from that. Still don't understand it, to be honest. I think it's a bit of so great because of what happens later on. Yes, and then Korea win 45-44 with quite a exciting little last period of fencing. With a, I think it's Zalagi's got the attack, marching them down, pushes... O to the end of the piece and then misses and then O basically takes him up mm-hmm. push him to the end and kadunks right on the head I think I think from my perspective from watching it it's like it, I do like to watch a bit of Sabre everyone and it's the kind of final I like where it's high stakes mm-hmm. high energy there's lots of just and Aaron when he's on form he looks like he's a wizard like he's a wizard it's a beautiful thing to watch. He's sort of floating around and he's able to do things which don't appear physically possible. Mm-hmm. So there must be magic in there somewhere, in my <laughs> opinion. At one point, the, the sort of one of the more beautiful hits is where uh, what was just so impressive was it's kind of like a compound counter counter repost against. Yeah, he does like get, his oh, counter like how, how How did he do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you watch it and go, I could do that. And you try it and oh, I can't do that. What am I yeah. bothering? Yeah. So. You know, and even even Oz is standing there trying to do this sort of like third parry, whatever it was, going, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, I'm going to block him out," and just getting hit, and going, yeah. "Fair enough, whatever." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that never happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, the hungry. Well, Salagi went on for the final leg a few hits down as well. I think it was about three hits down. And, yeah, um, mm-hmm. brought it back level. And I think he even got ahead briefly yeah, in the in, in the final leg, but mm-hmm. uh, able to compose himself and uh, 
and get the job done for the I Koreans. I mean, the, the mental strength to be in that that environment. You, you were in the lead. You've lost the lead. You're up against a, a wizard. I've just, talk, just told him that. <laughs> and you're going to have to do something in the ability to just sort of go, right, fine, I'm just going to settle down. And I was you know. quite young as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's only, what, 22 or something like that? 23, maybe? Mm. A kid, really. Yeah. But yeah, individual world champion, world number one, mm-hmm. and uh, guiding his team home to, to yeah. take team gold as well. Quite something. Well, if if Solaki is wizard, then what does it make? Oh, because I don't know many Mensa Bruiser can do jump out of the splits off the ground. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a terrifying physical specimen. Yeah, he's uh, part water or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch Airbender? Um, yeah, I was just going to say, if you watched the, the Avatar Last Airbender, yeah, he'd be he'd be water, whereas Aaron would be air, I think. Oh, yeah, i go with that one. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. there we go. I like the analogies. So that wraps up the teams from, from the worlds. I will now bring up how, how our predictions went. Uh, Kate, sadly, were too distracted by fencing and stuff to, to get your, your predictions in in time, yeah. which left it to the usual head-to-head between me and Gav. And uh, and I won. Gosh. Mainly. <laughs> mainly. Um, mainly because I got the winners in five out of the six team events. Yeah. Amazing. That's a good, good, good show. <laughs> yeah, three cheers for me. Try not to be too bitter about it. I'll claim my six months later. Yeah. To be fair, I picked the one that was important. That's the men's epi. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. Largely hopeless elsewhere. Apart from your, <laughs> apart from your predictions for women's saber. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty good with women's saber. Pretty good. Yeah. And I, I showed my expertise in men's saber by pick, picking uh, the winner, uh, silver medalist, and the winning team. Yeah. Maximum points. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's, there's a couple of lessons I've learned here. The, the first one is not to be too clever with my picks, and the second one is to actually, you know, pay attention to who's going to the event. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to help. It's going to help. Yeah, coming up with. Um, I did actually, <laughs> I was, was checking the results in this as well, um, you know, looking back on who, who you'd picked, I suddenly thought, well, you picked Ha Han Sol as, uh, as your one from outside the top 16 mm-hmm. from Saber. I thought, was he actually there? Have I actually let you get away with picking one, <laughs> one who wasn't there, um, having, having saved yeah. you from embarrassing yourself with two, the two of the foil picks? Yeah. But yeah, he was there. He didn't get any points. So. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> neither, neither did uh, Fakoni, so I don't feel quite so bad. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I mean, quite quite a lot of surprising results in quite a lot of the events. Yeah, I mean, the, the other lesson that fences have got to to learn is that if I pick you, you're doomed. Uh, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. In certainly in the in your areas of yeah. uh, of speciality. Yeah. In women's equi, you scored precisely zero points. Nil point. I'm just looking at how bad <laughs> choices are, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, extremely poor, extremely poor oh. indeed. And once again, you entirely cursed Minobi. Yeah, stop. <laughs> That's twice in one year. Yeah, stop picking him. <laughs> just, just leave him alone. Cursed it's enough, him. It's yeah. enough to say that you like him, but any time you have okay. to make a prediction, come up with somebody else. Yeah. So that was uh, that was the teams. Uh, that was the world championships. Good world championships on the whole. I um, think so. Lots of exciting fencing, beautifully presented. Mm-hmm. Lovely air conditioned hall. Very lovely air conditioned hall. Mm-hmm. Quite a nice press room. From our point of view, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not very good on the on the on the on the sort of the. They give you eats, so you get like things to eat in the press room, and they weren't great. Yeah, I didn't get to see the uh, press room, so I couldn't can't comment on that. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. it's a room full of smelly old men, basically. Sounds like fencing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ariana, <laughs> not, not including you. Yeah, that's, that's very harsh indeed. Yeah, yeah. 
Ariana from PNF Skirma and uh, indeed Manon from, uh, Manon. from, the, <laughs> sorry, from the French sorry, Federation, uh, neither of whom are smelly old men. Yep. So time to have a, a quick look back on the on the season. Yep. Lots of exciting stuff. So before we, we got together to record, I asked you to have a bit of a think about what your um, season highlight was. And you know, it could be anything, it could be a single fight, uh, a victory for somebody, mm-hmm. an amazing result. Something surprising, whatever, whatever takes your fancy as the season highlight. Well, I mean, the obvious one for me would be uh, Israel duffing up Japan on a technical knockout. A technical knockout. Yeah. Have someone at Japan. Yeah, that would uh, be catastrophic if that was your season highlight. Yeah, yeah I really would. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's virtually the saddest thing I can I can imagine. Okay, I, my, my, my season highlight is going to the SNCF for the first time, mm-hmm. getting to do the commentary on the, on the old epi, and seeing Park absolutely dismantling everybody in front of him. I really loved that. Yeah. That was that was one of my season highlights. That's the one I'm going to go for anyway. Cool. It's good. It's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Mm, seen highlights. I had a few to come from. Personal highlights of getting to university mm. games and more championships. But it's an obscure one I'm going to go with is in the semifinals of the world's women's sabre Korea versus France is Baudet's Parapost that she gets on the back line. You should watch it because it's quite crazily fantastic. She does a little zigzag backwards, faint counterattack, faint parry, jump parapost, on oh no, a duck parapost, I think she gets to the end. Yeah, I've, I've seen this. It's, I have seen this. Because when, when you else. said Berda's parry repost against Korea, I thought, I have... I've seen this. I know this thing. <laughs> I understood that reference. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you're right. As a as a as a single hit highlight, that's a very good call. Yeah, hmm. I'm watching. Uh, who was it? it? Was Eli Dershowitz sitting in front of us talking to Alia Itzkowitz and the friends from Harvard? And he quite impressively predicted that he would, she would get a weird parapost on the back line. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, that's that's proper insider knowledge. Yeah, he was a. Ali did say that he's a bit of a fencing nerd, so okay. there you go. Right, okay. Okay, season highlight. You confidently predicted that my season highlight would be <laughs> uh, Marcus Silver at the oh. yeah. at the World Championships, mm-hmm. and it is a really close contender. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he didn't quite get the win despite a, an amazing day. Jeez, oh, um, Sean. Uh, <laughs> harsh. That <was> harsh. <laughs> it is, I it mean, is. But... It wasn't even that far off getting, getting an actual win. But anyway, okay, on you go. Um, my season highlight is is another British performance, though. And again, for a sort of personal interest, was uh, Richard Cruz's win in Bowen at the start mm. of the season, where he fenced absolutely beautifully. Um, and I was lucky enough to be there to do the commentary for it as well. So mm-hmm. I could be trying my best to be uh, a, a neutral observer, describing the action to the to the wider world while sort of internally jumping up and down, mm-hmm. going, whoo take some of that. Well done, Richard. So that was probably my season highlight. Mm. I think I think another another one that would be close, close to me apart from the Israel-Japan thing, which I, I just love talking about, um, <laughs> is, uh, would be going to Turin for the Junior World Championships, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, hands down, the best venue you think I've ever seen. Yes. It's really, really something else. I don't. Apparently, that's a contender for a future World Championships. It was actually the contender for this one, and they didn't get selected because they're going to put it in Budapest this year. But uh, so it could could come along again. I think if we get the chance to go back to that hall, I would jump at that. Yeah, and Torum was beautiful as well. And Torum was beautiful as well. Plus, it got excellent dumplings. 
And, uh, <laughs> and and from a sort of personal point of view, I think I've got one of the, this is going to sound slightly smug. One of the best pictures I think I've ever taken was taken on there. So which one was that? Uh, the one where um, the Russian fencer was his name, Karol. Oh, Brodachev. Brodachev is uh, flicking Hamza. I think it's probably my best shot this year, or maybe the best one I've taken. It's pretty close. It's a sense of personal satisfaction. Brodachev being a superhuman being is going to be great in the future. I've probably cursed him maybe. That's another career ruined. Well done, Gav. You tip over a a hippopotamus or something and break his ankles. Yes, something equally bizarre. (laughs) Next round list of things to talk about. Um, Mm. Kind of almost in the postseason, we had the Pan American Games, of which fencing is part, Mm -hmm. and Racing Bowden thrust himself into the the headlines of the, the wider world rather than just the. Uh, the sort of nerdy fencing corner mm-hmm. of it by kneeling during the national anthem when the USA men's foil team took gold. Yes. He's since been reprimanded by the US Olympic Committee and given a, a year's probation and told mm. not to be a naughty boy. And that's a, a message that has been sort of broadcast far and wide that... Mm. Uh, any sort of political protest will not be tolerated by the USOC in future. Um, so while he's largely got off with a, a slap on the wrist, effectively. Yeah, there was another person did that at the Panams as well. Yes, that's right. Um, it didn't take a Gwen a Berry. This. Yeah, Gwen Berry, a, a hammer thrower. Mm-hmm. Again, similarly reprimanded and, yeah. and given a, a year's probation. What are our thoughts? Well, my thoughts are pretty complex about this one. Uh, the whole taking an e thing seems almost ridiculously American. So from that, from, from my perspective, not being an American, it just seems like such an American thing to do. And the fact it's called taking a knee just sounds mm-hmm. sort of ridiculously American. But uh, people are often say that you shouldn't bring politics into sport. But I think po- sport is part of human expression. It's part of who we are. And just like art and everything else can be political, I don't see why sport can't either. And in fact, sport's always been political as far as I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah. And as a result, a, why a, not? A rich history of uh, political protest at yeah. sporting events. I mean, there's been a lot of discussion about, should we go through some of the viewpoints? Yeah, let's. let's. So the sort of pros for it is kind of where I'm going with this. It's kind of like, well, why not? I mean, if you know, if you've got a platform and you don't use it to do good, then what's the point in having a platform? Yeah. Um, some people have been sort of slightly cynical and saying, well, actually, it's not really about him using his platform for good. It's really about using his platform for him. That's another viewpoint, mm. which I've seen. Quite, at least quite a cynical one, but yeah. Quite a cynical mm. one. I sent you a, someone had written basically an essay about that, which was, was quite an interesting take mm. on it. And then obviously there's the the, the frothing loons, as I call them, um, <laughs> who are saying that basically he should be shot into space. Uh, yeah. And I think... From my perspective, that makes me even more inclined to say that he did the right thing. Yeah. Because if you're upsetting the wrong, those people who are just wrong anyway, mm-hmm. to that extent, I, I have actually got some screenshots of some of the things that are being said about him, and it's just unbelievable the amount of abuse. Yeah, it's a, it's only, it's an action that produces a, a very strong reaction mm-hmm. one, one way or the other, I think. Yeah. And uh, certainly the anti brigade are. Very vocal and very aggressive about their mm-hmm. their viewpoint of uh, unpleasantly so of uh, yeah of uh, what uh, kneeling during the playing of the national anthem means to them. 
I feel like it's not the first time I've seen this as well from Bodness, where the, I've seen a picture That's of them right, and yeah. Chandler Watson taking the knee. Uh, yes, a couple of years ago, basically at the, at the height of the um, taking a knee during the national anthem in NFL games, led by uh, Colin Kaepernick, and as you see, him and Miles uh, knelt on the podium at a World mm-hmm. Cup a couple of years ago. So yes, he has he has previous, mm-hmm. but I don't remember it getting that much media coverage. I don't know. No, not nearly as much, uh, because that was a fencing-only event. Um, Mm -hmm. It has less coverage generally, whereas the Pan Am Games maybe doesn't register too much over here in the UK. And indeed, generally, as a sporting event, doesn't get a whole load of coverage Mm -hmm. um, compared to a lot of stuff in in the US. The biggest story from the the Pan Ams was race race pretty much. Well, it made all the major news out this year. BBC, Guardian, Telegraph, everything, really, so... So what do you think, Kate? Um, I feel like, well, someone from the USA, they're known for promoting their freedom of speech and mm. land of three, home of the brave. So uh, if he wants to take the knee and if he's, he's doing it for good reasons and he said that he's doing it out for the love of his country and mm. he wants a better USA, I don't see why. I think there are worse things that athletes can do with their platforms if he's promoting, you know, wanting better treatment of immigrants and mm-hmm. doesn't, want a president who's spreading hate then I think that's a good thing yeah sure seem yeah I think the the positive reaction he's got is good but then the negative reaction has been really bad I mean I don't know if you've looked, ever looked at this if you look around online there's some really bad stuff being said mm. like unbelievably unbelievably bad <laughs> I've got some screenshots of things this is Twitter obviously yeah. but I've got some stuff, pictures I mean like people saying that she'd be shot he should have some unpleasant things done to his body, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's really quite something, getting that kind of level of vitriol. It's like, it's unhinged. Mm-hmm. It's really bizarre. And while I'm saying this all, the concept of taking these seems a very American to me, and I don't get it. It's not part of our culture. In that respect, I get what he's trying to do, and I think he should be allowed to do it if that's what he wants to do. I guess the flip side of this, and this is something that somebody mentioned to me, is how would I feel if somebody used their platform to do bad, like you were just saying, yeah. how would we feel about that? Would we be just like, well, it says, right, you could just do it who wants. Or would we be the frothing mob in that situation? I mean, that's the other way of looking at it. So, yeah, so let's, let's take a sort of flip example. Rather than taking a knee to protest about various injustices mm-hmm. in American life, let's say he'd given a Nazi salute. How would we feel about that? Indeed. Mm. Yeah. Less willing to embrace a freedom of speech idea? I think so. I think there's a real risk of that. Uh, we've had to be careful. I mean, we shouldn't undo... What I mean, because I, I, I'm on the side of what the, the sort of the general feeling for race here, that this mm. is the right thing to do. I'm obviously less inclined to sort of go, well, you know, you shouldn't have to do that. But there have been people in America who, like sports stars, who have stood up and done this kind of thing. They're the Nazis, not quite the Nazi salute, mm. but have said unpleasant things and done unpleasant things, you know, to do with things like minorities or gender and all that kind of stuff. And that gets far less press. And it just seems to be glossed over and not discussed mm-hmm. at all. This is discussed in a sort of a m- much more violent, vitriolic way, which suggests that I think he's on the right track. Whereas this other stuff is just kind of brushed away. These people mm. who behave badly. I can't remember, there's a couple of NFL footballers done for racially abusing people and stuff like that. Okay. That's the flip side. Yeah. And f- even footballers doing sexual harassment. Sexual harassment. Um, there was the... Gymnastics s- coach. Gymnastics coach. But not specifically stuff like that. I'm talking about like sort of standing up for minorities. Yeah. Right? There's people who want to push them down. Mm-hmm. And there was 
one of the was it one of the American swimmers got done for some some serious stuff along with that. Anyway, so from my perspective, races are upsetting the right people. If you know what I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> right. And that that to me suggests that he's on the right track, and I'm more inclined to go with it. And like the the, the flip side of this, if we're, nobody's acknowledging the flip side. No one's talking about that as much. Yeah, and that suggests to me there is a pro. Anyway, that's just my thought. And even if you do or don't agree with it. It's still getting coverage. Mm-hmm. It's still getting mm-hmm. talked about. Yep. So even if you don't, you know, I understand what I mean. So yeah, if you don't, if it, it's it's being talked. The, yeah. it's, the issue is raised now, and people it's talk about it. It's in British newspapers. It's in American newspapers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you, so I think we're in agreement that yeah. uh, <laughs> that it's probably the right thing to do. Yep. Certainly, we we support the uh, the views that he's. He's putting forward yep. with, with this, mm-hmm. this kind of protest. Now, here's a dilemma that occurred to me today. Let's say just under a year from now, you've got the men's foil Olympic individual event. Mm-hmm. Reese and Bowden wins, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is not an entirely unreasonable thing yeah. to, to imagine. Mm-hmm. You've already got your year's probation mm-hmm. for taking the knee at the Pan Ams. You're about to go onto the top of the podium. Mm-hmm. Here you have the biggest platform for a sportsman, certainly mm-hmm. a fencer, that you can possibly have. Do you take a knee there, knowing that you've already had your slap in the wrist and a warning, mm-hmm. and knowing that you have the team event in three or four days' time? It's just, this, is, this becomes a tricky point, because that's the test of your character. And... We can't see what the situation will be like in a year. Because I think isn't there an American election due between now? Yeah, and it then? is that time. It's roughly almost that exactly time around as well. about yeah. that time, right? So, a lot's going to depend on the situation on the ground. Then, so maybe maybe things might have calmed down a bit. Maybe maybe some things are heading in a different direction. But if they're not, and he doesn't take the knee there, and he wins, I'd be I'd be more I'd be a little bit more cynical about it. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if he was to sort of drop to the knee as soon as that anthem starts and basically shoot his career and the team in the foot, um, then that would be like hats off. I mean, that's ballsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, and the famous sort of, uh, was it Jesse? Was it Jesse? Who was it again who did the fist thing of the... Um, John Carlos and there's an Australian, uh, Tommy Smith. 1960-something. Yeah. 1968 Olympics in Mexico. No one talks about the Australian, what happened to him, and he had a very bad time. Because I was reading this, I didn't realise it's... It said that it's illegal for any political protest at the Olympics. Yep. Right. And the the USOPC are going to change, have a look into the rules and I guess the wordings of, because mm-hmm. it's the contract that they have to sign when they, apparently they get selected to say that they, these are the rules and I will not break them mm-hmm. type stuff. And they said they respected it, but we can't really have this to happen again in the future. Mm-hmm. But, but again, why not? Right. But it yeah. comes into this idea of how far you want to go with this because the Munich Games were famously uh, Nazi games. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, the Berlin Games. Sorry. Berlin, Berlin Games. Why was I thinking yeah. Munich? Well, well they the had Ber- an Olympics as well in 72. Yeah. But, yeah. But, the, uh, but, but, but the Berlin Games were famously a na- bit of Nazi propaganda. Mm-hmm. And that is that is the ultimate flip side of all of this, is the sort of the promotion of a really horrific ideology over the top of it. And I guess you have to balance it that way, you know, like, are we willing to accept this and not that? And how do we, how do we deal with it? I mean, that's a, is that why we, we see there should be no politics in sport now? Mm. And in fact, the, the impact of the Berlin Olympics is still being felt now. 
because all modern Olympics are based around the format of the Berlin Olympics, which obviously is a fascinating <laughs> subject to think wow. about. There we go. Do you want to get any deeper than we're that? We're going to get into like a little rabbit hole here, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> well, we could. I mean, there's a whole load of... Uh, you can cut that down fit, if you want. A <laughs> whole load of things that, that, that yeah. it throws up and it's, it's a debate that could run and run. And Should sport be political? I'll throw that one out. Should it be political? It is political in my opinion, so, you know. Yeah, I think it's unavoidable. I think yeah. it is, yeah. Okay, so we've we spent the last, I don't know how long... Um, Ten minutes. ...talking about race in Bowdoin. Uh, so shall we move swiftly on to... Uh, Coolest fencer on the planet for the 2018-2019 season. I know who it's going to be. <laughs> I, it's one of two people. It's one of two people. Okay. Sean. For you, it's going to be the Marcus or Richard. All right. Okay. You think so? I think so. Oh, well, maybe some better suggestions. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> make, make a better suggestion. I'm actually struggling. I really struggled with this. I oh, we'll actually come back with my suggestions after this. And, oh, right. Um, okay. And and that's that's neither of those guys oh, are really? actually are actually my nominations for that's coolest fencer on the planet. That's interesting. Go on then, Kate, you first. I was going to go for Olga Karlan for her <laughs> European and World Championship win and several World Cup Grand Prix medals that she's just you know got them as well. Just get them <laughs> yeah, on the mental piece. Barely noticed, thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, go with Olga Karlan. Okay, mm, I actually really struggled. I couldn't pick anybody. Nobody's cool. Nobody's cool, as far as I'm Nobody's cool there's, there's lots cool. Of, there's lots of cool people, lots of cool events, but I actually really struggled to pick one out. Because um, honestly, I was like, mm, Marcus, mm, Richard as well. So I, was, I, was, I had a bit of that as well, and then I was thinking outside of that. Yeah, for Coney, but then he didn't deliver on the day, so mm, he's less inclined to do that. Plus, he didn't, didn't get any points as a result. Stuff like that. So I've, I've really kind of struggled with this. We might have to have a bit of a chat, and then something will pop into my mind while we're speaking. <laughs> Okay, well, um, I'm going to make the nomination again, as, uh-huh. I, as I have to do almost every time we record a, an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Ina Dragosova. Um, sure. But it's not going to happen, but sure. Gets, you know, <laughs> she won six out of the, the eight regular season events and won the world championship and dragged her team to, to a gold medal. To be fair, it's hard to ignore her. <laughs> it is, which, which is why I'm, I'm going okay. to put her sure. on the shortlist yet again. Yep. My my other foily nomination is going to be Enzo the Four because he was absolutely immense in winning the world championships. Mm-hmm. He's a really nice guy and he's just become a daddy as well. So all of that makes him pretty cool. Yeah. I never thought you were that sentimental. Ah, no. Stop the old, <laughs> stop the old sword, really. I mean, like, from the sort of similar thing, I could, I could almost pick uh, uh, Sasko, Saskovash for our twins uh, as well. Yeah. But she's not been able to fence all year because <laughs> she's no. been, like, twins, I mean... We saw her. We saw her. In, we saw her in Budapest. It, she it, she did look like she was carrying twins. Yeah, I'm sure she's got that over with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, but I'm really struggling. I couldn't really pick anybody. Okay. I saw. I I, I think I'm still a bit wrapped up in Marcus coming second. If you know what I mean. Uh-huh. And it was I couldn't see past it, and I couldn't see past Richard's earlier performance in the year as well. And I was kind of struggling. Then I was thinking about all the epias. None of my epias have really. Sort of del- delivered the del- none of them have delivered the goods because you said their name though well that's true yeah Curse them. even Max has been off the boil yeah he's not produced mm-hmm. the individual results certainly that you might have hoped for for, yeah. for Max yeah and, and then outside of that it's like people who haven't quite made it yet quite like um, that's that is really fence that's appeared on the scene Harper uh, Freilich Freilich oh. Fre- has been around for a while but yeah Harper yeah. The five winning the Europeans. Yeah, that was yeah. that was cool as well. So anyway, I, I'm struggling, so we might have to go for the four. 
He does it's have fair. the coolest name as well. Before it's not strong. It's not as good as his teammate Anita Blaze. I bring her up every single time. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a cool name. Even though we've discovered that actually you have to pronounce it Blas, but yeah, Blaze is cool. Anita Blaze, that's yeah. a cool name. But Enzo, you're right. He seems such a nice guy. Enzo four. And he seems so chuffed to be a dad as well because mm-hmm. his social media is just full of pictures of his little one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It looks like you're going to be outvoted, Kate. I, yeah, no, I, I'm alright with it. Yeah. I, I sympathise with your uh, nomination of Olga Carlin. Um, no, I didn't think anyone else's nominations mm. weren't cool. <laughs> but we're happy with Enzo to be the coolest fencer on the planet. I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Me better, too. better than anything I can think of. So excellent. So another men's foilist as mm-hmm. the coolest fencer on the on the planet uh, for I think the third, third season in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing how that happens. Yep. Well, but, uh, but, but to be honest, if Brill had won everything this year, he'd have been my top one, and you'd have been hard pressed to. If he'd had a year like last yeah. year and won everything and then won the World Championships or something like that, it would have been hard to see past him. I'd have found a way. I'd have found a way. He's a big guy. He really <laughs> He's a big, big guy. <laughs> you are right, though. It's hard to see past him. Yeah, it's really hard. Okay, so things to look forward to to next season. I mean, we've got a bit of a gap now before the Senior World Cup and Cup season gets going at the beginning of November, I think. Mm-hmm. What are we looking forward to? Kate, presumably you've got lots of competitions to look forward to. Yeah, I've got a fair few, actually. Uh, I've got next two weeks from now, I've got a national competition. And then end of September is first satellite. Mm-hmm. And then I haven't thought much further than that. But I do have in October, I think, or November, the first World Cup of the season. Uh, November, Orléans. All right, thanks. Don't worry, I'll keep you right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a job as my PA? It'd be quite good. Uh, you don't want me as your PA. Oh, <laughs> just, just put the dates out and I'll be fine. Okay, so I'll make sure you turn up. <laughs> Gav, uh, just to, just to start the season, looking forward to the run now to the Olympics. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. From now on, I'll be much more engaged. And more yeah, because we're pretty much on. at the sort of halfway point of Olympic qualification. Mm-hmm. That's going to become increasingly a, a, a focus for us to. Yep. Uh, to, to pay attention to mm-hmm. who's who's going to be going who's going to miss out where are they if, if anybody wants to send us to Tokyo it'd be just fantastic that would be very nice sugar um, daddy I'm sure I can come up with something <laughs> in return yeah Gav you offer whatever you want yep. to uh, I'll not be doing that <laughs> yeah I'm I'm going to the first men's foil World Cup of the season back to back to Bonn as, mm-hmm. a, as a fan this time although I fear I may be dragged into doing a, a bit of commentary uh, along with Kareem probably for that. And yeah, good, good to more competitions. Uh, that's been yep. That's been the sort of highlight. Hopefully, we'll be back in Paris once or twice, and uh, you have a think about what else we go to to, yeah, to have a have a look at. Because uh, I'm guessing that Tokyo is going to be. It's going to be difficult. <laughs> it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, much yeah. as I'd love to go, I suspect yeah. we may be watching that one uh, from home. Mm-hmm. But until then, until we've got more to talk about, well, and the other thing we're going to do, which I will need to, to pass around the, the troops, is we're going to do our first book review in our next episode. Oh, are we now? Yes, we are. Oh, okay. I'll so y- you need to practice your reading. <laughs> as long as it's not another horrific Hungarian-English translation coaching manual, I've got a couple of them. No, it's not. Oh, thank God much, much better and much more readable. Yeah. If I have to read Fencing in the Modern International Style... <sighs> Yeah, yeah, that's oh, hard going. That's a hard going book. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It is. So I think for the 2018-19 season, that's a wrap. That's, well, that's enough for me then. It certainly is. Yeah. yeah. Can I have a nap? Okay. Speak to you soon. <laughs>